When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast. This is the big fight preview for this coming weekend's fights. My name is Sean. I'm your host for this episode, joined by Chris, who is our long-standing big fight preview and reaction specialist. I'm going to call you specialist now, Chris, because you, you're on here uh, on a weekly basis. You're covering these fights and you're giving us a really good insight into some of the details of what goes on behind the scenes and being able to give a, a different perspective on it. And it helps when you're involved in boxing, of course, because actually, you know, when you're involved, you do know a little bit more than the average person on social media who has their armchair opinions and has probably never stepped foot in a gym in their lives. So it's always good to have someone like you on, Chris, who's got this different perspective on the show. And this week, uh, I say it's a big fight preview. Do you consider these fights to be big? I'm not so sure personally, but we couldn't not cover Lewis Ritson and O'Hara Davis. You know, a fight of of, of certain crossroads for the two. Uh, we've got some interesting fights there and fighters on this particular undercard. But in America, there is a really, really highly competitive fight on in the featherweight division between Brandon Figueroa and Mark Magzayo for the WBC Interim Featherweight Championship. We've just seen a really, really good featherweight fight between Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara not too long ago. So this is an interesting fight for the featherweight division that we're also going to be talking about in this episode. Chris, let's talk about the UK card first and foremost. Lewis Ritson, O'Hara Davis. It's a little bit of a crossroads fight. I've already said it and it's because the both guys at this stage of the career where you think... Where are they going? Because there doesn't seem to be any type of direction with both of these fighters at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with you there, Sean. And I do almost feel like they're the forgotten men of British boxing. You know, when you, when you look back at their careers, their respective careers, they've actually been very similar in some respects in the fact that um, Ritson's had 23 wins, two losses, O'Hara Davis, 24 wins, two losses. But that doesn't really begin to tell the story. Both of them at one point were signed with Max Room. Both of them at one point were destined and made out to be by Eddie Hearn as one of the next best things in, in British boxing. But what we've seen was both really getting unceremoniously dumped by Matchroom for various different reasons. You know, when we think about Lewis Ritson, you know, he became the British champion at um, lightweight and we were thinking god this guy looks like an absolute terror you know he, he bashed his way through some of the guys that we consider to be great domestic fighters you know like Robbie Barrett, Joe Murray, Scott Cardell, Paul Highland and he, and he went through these guys in one round, two rounds, seven rounds and Eddie Hearn was talking about next stage we'll get him a world title fight we'll make sure that he actually you know delivers and brings it back to the, the northeast of England you know and then they put him in with um, Pantera for the European title and his shortcomings are shown you know very very good fighter a, a real class boxer who, who who boxes and moves and you know it, it was just really showing up against there and then Eddie brought him back a little bit put him in against Robbie Davis Jr he didn't look too great but then he was beat by Jeremiah Pons who lost at the weekend for the, the IBF world title and then Eddie dumped him you know and the Pons fight came very, very quickly after he'd had a very, very controversial decision against Miguel Vasquez, who many people didn't think he won that fight. And it was almost like Eddie Hearn just said, look, lost complete trust in you, lost complete faith. I don't think I can do anything with you. And he let him go. He was picked up by Probellum at that point, And uh, they put him on a couple of cards. And, and, you know, we thought, yeah, he might get some direction because Probellum seemed to be going somewhere under Richard Schaefer. Where is Probellum now? It's completely gone. It's completely disappeared from the face of the earth. There's rumours that Probellum, and I say it allegedly, and it is only rumours, was funded by Daniel Kinahan. It just folded when whatever happened to him happened. So you think of Lewis Ritson, very, very underrated boxer, but his career's just going nowhere. Then you look at O'Hara Davis. You know, again, was touted out to be something going to be a great fighter he's going to be the next big thing they had him in cards in germany they had him in cards in the uk and then he came up against josh taylor and he was absolutely wiped out against josh taylor who obviously as we know went on to become an undisputed champion he just couldn't live with him and 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 he almost quit on his shield that night and and people really really never forgiven O'Hara davis for that and then there was issues about him saying things about Liverpool and Liverpool supporters and particularly the Sun newspaper because he was a young man and he didn't understand the implications of what he was saying about the Hillsborough disaster and how Liverpool people f felt about that. And Eddie Hearn dumped him. And that was it. That was O'Hara Davis out in the wilderness. They tried to bring him back under um, Frank Warren and he lost to Jack Catrell. But since then, he's not really done a great deal. He's had decent wins against Miguel Vasquez again. He's had decent wins against Tyron McKenna. But again, he was signed to Probellum. And what happened? Nothing. So I, I really feel that these two guys are the forgotten men of British boxing. They're both decent people and they're both good boxers. And it is actually a decent card. But what's really, really shameful is I believe it's not even been picked up by television as yet. So we don't know who's actually picking it up. When it was originally announced, it was going to be a Probellum card. It's now actually going to be promoted by 
Phil Jeffries, who is the father of Tony Jeffries, who is probably the, the most active promoter up in the, the northeast of England. So, you know, the car just doesn't really have any momentum behind it. And it's a shame because both of them deserve much, much better. So, you know, onto the fight itself. How do you actually see it going? This fight is going to be a fight where I honestly feel that whichever one of them loses hasn't got many places to go left in their boxing career. I think it will be an interesting fight because much like we said with Tommy Fury and Jake Paul recently, we didn't know what to expect really out of it because we had two novice pros in there. Here we've got two seasoned pros that have been in with really, really high quality names and future champions at the point they faced them. And now they're both facing each other. And yet we really don't know what either of them have got left because of lack of opposition and inactivity and issues outside of the ring promotional wise I genuinely don't know what these two have got left so at this moment in time I honestly can't sit here and say I know who's going to win this fight and and I wouldn't even dare to predict it because the likelihood is I'll probably get it wrong because of the fact that I genuinely don't know what these two guys have got left if I was looking at these two guys in their peaks you know before they became forgotten men as we've labeled them I would be looking probably at Lewis Ritson as the winner of this fight, but I just don't know what he's got left. When he's come up against these adverse moments in his career, when people can get past the fact that he can actually whack a little bit and they can get past him and they can actually get inside and hurt him and, and beat him, like obviously he had the fight with uh, Patera and obviously lost to Jeremiah Ponce, once that element of, of danger has kind of gone in his career, where people are not so much worried about that big punch anymore, that's when you've noticed that he's he's not been able to do what he did previously as effectively. So I think looking at his career, the biggest win for him, really, if you look at it now, was his last win, which was Dejan Zlatakarnan last year. That was his biggest win on his record for me because of the fact that, obviously, Zlatakarnan was previously a WBC World Lightweight Champion. So, for me, that is his biggest win on his record. Will that put him in good stead for this fight? I would think so. I really would think so. That was a, was a really good win, a shutout points win against Zlatakarnan, who let's be honest, was probably coming towards the end of his career. But nevertheless, he was still a champion, not so many fights before that. And then you've got O'Hara Davis in, in the other corner, who, when he turns up, when that talented O'Hara Davis turns up in the ring, you really can't put too many people against him and go against O'Hara Davis on a fight night. However, when you get the O'Hara Davis, who can be laboured and lazy and not motivated then you're going to get the same guy who you got against Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall. And, and it really feels like one of them fights where I'm genuinely not going to be able to know who's going to win it until I've seen the first round and to see how they both come out in the first round. So I, I really, for the, for the first time, I don't want to make a prediction because I honestly, Chris, can't call this one because I don't know what either of them have got left. Yeah, and, and I think that that is a, a fair assessment and why it makes the fight quite an intriguing one at, at domestic level you know there's there's ways for both fighters to win it you know and and if we look at someone like Lewis Ritson you know when he was being a terror you know it was almost a case of his opponents seemed to be beaten before he got before they got into the ring and and it was almost like Lewis Ritson hits with so much power he, he's got more power than we've ever seen at lightweight and that's what Eddie was selling Lewis Ritson on 
But as we've seen when he went in against Pantera, when we've seen when he went against Ponce, he was just out hustled and he was outworked. And when you can actually go into a fighter and stand up against the shots and be busier, you know, he was proven to be a little bit one dimensional. And in the fight against Ponce and in the fight against Vasquez, he was following them around the ring. He couldn't change his, his plan A to his plan B. And he just seemed very, very poor. Now, with O'Hara Davis, it's temperament that we've got to question because of what he did with Josh Taylor. You know, yeah, he was beat down and he was he was knocked down, but then he took a knee and, and people just don't forgive that type of thing. And as you say, his performance against Jack Cattrall was very odd in, in the fact that he was a guy who talked and talked and talked about the fight, but when he got in, he just didn't seem to want to, to put his foot on the gas. Probably Jack Cattrall is now better than we even initially thought because of what he did with Josh Taylor. But, you know, O'Hara Davis had a very, very laboured and unusual performance that night. So when you look at a common opponent for them, that is Vasquez, and, and O'Hara Davis beat him, but he did beat, uh, in my opinion, without getting the decision, Lewis Ritson. So you, you can make a case for each man to, to, to win this fight. I think it's intriguing. You know, I think given the fact that it's in the northeast, I think we might just see that little bit of fire in the belly from Lewis Ritson, and that may be enough just to see him across the line with a tight decision. But again, you know, if, if it turned out that O'Hara Davis outboxed him, out-hustled him and, and landed some nice right hands and worked behind his jab, we know that that can trouble Lewis Ritson. So the, the, there is a case to be made for each man. And the fight, for me, deserves a bigger platform than it's actually going to get. And, you know, as I say, at this point in time, we don't have any television confirmed for it. I really hope that that actually changes by, by fight night and it's maybe even on an app or whatever because I would quite like to see it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's one aspect of it I haven't really mentioned uh, in my opinion-wise is is that the fact that nobody's picking it up yet. It needs to be picked up. You know, I think the most appropriate streaming platform would probably be Fight Zone at the moment in the UK. I think Fight Zone picking this up would be would be a really good shout for them because, you know, we've got a couple of fights and fighters on the undercard that I do want to mention, which I think are definitely worth tuning into, which is Thomas Patrick Ward, 33-0-1, is back out. Liam McGregor, another forgotten man of British boxing at the moment. Lee McGregor's also on this card as well. So, you know, you've got a couple of good names on there and a few prospects from the North East that are fighting. So you'd expect someone like a fight zone, you know, to, to actually pick something like this up. So hopefully, hopefully they do pick it up because it is an interesting card for this weekend. I, you know, there's quite a few small hall shows going on across the country, but, you know, this is the one that stands out with the names that are on it for me. And it would be an absolute shame if it wasn't broadcast in any way, shape or form. It is going to be a, an interesting tale in this particular show because we're really going to get to see the outcome of this fight and where that leads for both of these men. I genuinely think the loser of the main fight, Ritson versus Davis, it's, it's kind of coming to the end because I genuinely yeah. don't know what either of them could do if they lose this fight. So it, it, it's, you know, it's high stakes essentially in, in my eyes anyway. I mean, these guys probably could come back and fight a few more journeymen and then come back and have one more big fight. But at this stage with this level of ambition and where they want to go and what they want to try and achieve at this stage of their careers, I genuinely feel the loser kind of steps down and maybe has a few more fights, maybe does get a shot, but he's probably past their peak when they do get that opportunity. And it, it feels like 
a bit of rinse and repeat when it comes to boxing and its history and how we've seen this type of stuff happen so many times before. I get the sneaking suspicion it's it's very much going to be like this, but yeah, hopefully by yeah. the time by the time the weekend comes, actually there will be a broadcaster. We're recording this uh, a good five days in advance before the show, so by the point that you're listening to this, maybe there is an actual broadcaster for it in some way shape or form and, and it'll be great if there is but if there really isn't i think it's a little bit of a travesty if uh, especially this main fight doesn't get aired in any way shape or form but yeah. that's one of the big fights for the weekend chris that is a little bit of a, an appetizer for for what's to come in canada in the early hours of sunday morning for us in the uk and that is as i said earlier the wbc interim world featherweight title Brandon Figueroa and Mark McZayo, which some in America have said it's not that great of a fight, but my interpretation of this fight is actually this this has got the potential to be a really, really good fight between the two of them. I, I really think that this could end up being one of those underrated fights where we end up seeing either a huge knockout or a potential fight of the year contender. Now, Mark McSayo is a fighter who we was talking about, not so... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Too long ago, when we was talking on the back of Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara's fight, and we was talking about Mauricio Lara kind of hopping Mark McZayo in the rankings to, to kind of be put at the top end of being the best in the featherweight division. Now, this is the Mark McZayo who, in his last fight, he lost in his challenge for the WBC World Featherweight title against the number one, Ray Vargas. So he's coming straight into the back of that fight, into this one, which I think is a really good opportunity for him. He's fighting Figueroa for the interim World Featherweight title. Remember, this is the guy who beat Gary Russell Jr., the the, the one fight a year Gary Russell Jr., that is. Um, he, this is Mark Zayo that beat him, but then just didn't look ultimately as good against Ray Vargas as he did against Gary Russell Jr. So 
I'm just wondering, like, what your thoughts are now going into this fight with Figueroa and Magzio. And people are saying it stinks a little bit and they're not really looking forward to it that much. But like I said, my perception is actually this could be a really good fight. To, to those people who say that, Sean, I would say, you know, this is a trade fight. This is a fight which I'm genuinely excited for. I like Brandon Figueroa. You know, people will remember his, his, his brother, Omar Figueroa, fought Ricky Burns. He, you know, he was probably the one that was more widely regarded, thought of as, as a better boxer. And Brandon Figueroa just kind of pumped away in the background. He was a, he was a male model for a, a number of years. And, and then it, that was where his kind of focus was. But then he started to, to actually become a really, really solid great boxer and a world champion in his own right. So, you know, Mark McSayo versus Brandon Figueroa is a real fight. It's a fight which I am uh, excited about watching. When you actually look at um, the, the the two fighters' records, they're very comparable. We've got Brandon Figueroa at 23-1-1 one and, one, and then we've got Mark McSayo at 24-1. and one. You know, who's the puncher in the, the, the fight as well? You know, you've got 16 kills for McSayo 18 kilos for Figueroa. They're both around the same age, 26, 27. You know, and, and, and both have put on good performances over the last 24 months. Yeah, both have lost at times. But when you look at Figueroa, he, he beat Julio Sija, um, or sorry, he drew with Julio Sija, which is a really good performance that night. And then one of his best performances was um, against Luis Neri, who fought again just two weeks ago. And 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 he actually ground him down and, and knocked him out from a body shot in round seven. So, you know, a very, very good fighter is Figueroa. And he pushed Steve Fulton all the way in one of the fights of 2021. You know, he lost a, a majority decision there. It could have went either way, but I thought that that was a fight which kind of slipped under the radar for, for most boxing fanatics. And uh, Figueroa versus Fulton is one that, if you've not seen, go back and watch it because it's just full-on action. You know, and, and McZayo, you know, a really, really good fighter in his own right. You know, he's got that Freddie Roach background. He's from the, the Philippines, you know, and yeah, he, he did lose to Ray Vargas. But again, it was a, a reasonably close fight when you looked at the scorecards. It was one of them, 114, 113, another two or 212, 215. Vargas is a good, good fighter. You know, but anybody that can beat Gary Russell Jr. And as you say, one fight a year, Gary Russell Jr. is, is a good fighter because he is still what many people think of as a kind of perfect featherweight boxer, very good on, on his jab, very good with his backhand, great movement, solid chin, but he was beaten and he was beaten by McZayo. So that is where this fight is 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 very appealing and interesting. How I think it'll go, I, I think if Brandon Figueroa can keep him off because he's got the much bigger reach here, you know, his reach is 184 centimetres against McZayo, which is 173. So if, if Figueroa can keep him off with a jab and outwork him because he is a busy fighter, Figueroa, then I can see him actually sneaking a points decision here. But for me, yeah, the people that aren't interested in this fight or don't think it'll be a good fight, they need to rethink their, their uh, thoughts and get down and sit down and watch this fight. You know what I think it is? It's actually a lot of the uh, American listeners and people on Twitter that I've conversed with previously. And, you know, I either follow them or they follow me and I see what sort of stuff goes out on social media and I see them saying, oh, it's not really a great fight. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty lackluster. They're not interested in it. And, and I think that's maybe their perception of 
the the fighters that are involved in it. But like you said at the start when you came in and started talking about this, you know, this is a stand and trade fight. This has got the potential to be so exciting that, you know, after it, the winner of this, you know, you're going to start looking at them as, as potential opponents to Mauricio Lara and again, potentially Ray Vargas. So, you know, this this is like a jockey for position in my eyes, this fight. Uh, interim title for the WBC. So ultimately the winner of this will get a shot at Ray Vargas again, surely. So, you know, it's, it's, it's up for grabs. It's a good fight. And I, I don't know why, you know, the interpretation from some of the American people on social media are saying, yeah, they're not interested. I, I genuinely think this is a good fight. And this is why I've said, this is one we should bring to the attention of our listeners. Because if you're not looking for anything else this weekend, certainly make sure you look out for this. Because it is a really good fight. And, you know, I look down the undercard of this and I see a couple of names on this undercard that many of you will be familiar with who are fighting this weekend. So we've got Jarrett Hurd fighting also on this card, who is coming towards the back end of his career but he's looking to try and have one more run in the division. And he's fighting also on this card. There's another name on here, Terrell Gorsha, who's 22-3-1. He's probably well-known for, for some of his fights with the likes of Tim Zhu and Erickson Lubin and Erislandi Lara. But he's actually fighting a what was once known, and I don't know if he's still known as this, but an actual prospect in the US as Brandon Lynch. He was presented to me about 18 months ago as a prospect and someone maybe that we should interview for this show. And, you know, he has a record of 12-1-1. And as, as my understanding has it, he's a guy that people are quite excited about. And he's actually at the point of his career where he needs a really good win on his record. And, and Geisha will certainly be that really big name on his record if he was to get the win but I'm not too sure whether experience may play a factor in this one so there's two names and and two fights to certainly check out as well and also there's a certain fighter fighting this weekend in his second professional fight who is actually going to be on this show and he is a Ukrainian heavyweight by the name of Andrea Novitsky who is managed by Edgar Klimas, that's the manager of Alexander Usyk and Vasily Lomachenko. He's been presented to us as a potential future star and we've been told that you know he's going to take the heavyweight division by storm and he'll be coming on this show in this next week because he is also fighting on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning. So please do check that interview out when that drops very shortly. You know, this is an, another name that potentially could take the mantelpiece of Usyk being the Ukrainian heavyweight superstar or the Lomachenko superstar. This is being presented to, to me in particular as a, as a potential name for the future. So I am excited to see what he's got to say. I am going to be tuning in now because... He's been presented to me in a fashion where he's going to be this next big superstar. So, of course, as I do as a boxing fan, Chris, you're going to certainly take a little bit of a vested interest in certain fighters like this. But so the names that I've I've, I've kind of mentioned on this undercard, Chris, I mentioned about Geisha and Lynch and uh, obviously Jarrett Hurd in the back end of his career. You know, these are other good names that really we, we should be kind of tuning into this weekend because we'll have had some sort of interest in them before as the fought fighters that we've kind of followed over the past few years. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, you make a really good um, comment there. You know, while it wasn't a direct comment about what do Americans like and what do British fight fans like, you know, there's always been this 
thing where Americans love come forward fighters and us as British people love boxers, you know, Americans love heavy punchers and we just love guys that are busy. You know, there's always been this kind of misconception about what people like, but the Americans do seem to get bored with fights very, very quickly and bored with fighters very quickly. You know, there is a lot of activity in America, lots of, you know, what we would class as small hall shows, you know, in different casinos or hotels. So you can understand that a lot of the Americans don't actually follow their fighters, you know, or follow every single fighter like we do over here because we've got less of a pool. So we probably know more of their fighters and we probably know more of their backstories than, than maybe the Americans do. You know, they seem to love come forward aggressive Mexicans. They, they seem to love big heavy hitting heavyweights, whereas, you know, sometimes in the UK we probably prefer our, our, our smaller weights. But again, that's maybe just my era because we didn't have a good heavyweight until Frank Bruno and Lennox Lewis really came along. And, you know, for years I'm, I'm old enough to remember Britain not having a world champion since Bob Fitzsimmons. You know, then, you know, we, we finally had a nice big run of them and, and we've we've kept that up and maintained them but the americans yeah what do they actually want from the fighters and you know for, for them someone like brandon figueroa you know they might not think he's he's their type of fighter but he is he's aggressive he's come forward but he's also got good boxing skills so it, it, it's an interesting fight and someone like jared hurd you know again you feel sorry for him because he was on the crest of a wave he was he was doing very very well then you know they brought him out against julian williams and he's never really recovered from the loss against julian williams and you know he, he also never really seemed to get another opportunity after that and he was out of the ring for a couple of years and they brought him back against lewis arras and, and he lost a split decision and again, no one's really given him a, a, a chance. So to have the ex, you know, unified super welterweight champion fighting down on a bill, you know, I actually think it's quite disappointing for him, you know, because I think his career deserved better than he actually got. And there's a number of the, the kind of 24-7 programmes on, on, on him. And he comes across as a great guy, you know, a real family man and, and, and someone who you really buy into. So, you know, he's a type of fighter that I think has probably deserved more and better from his career than he's had. But, yeah, there, there are some good fights around this weekend if we look around for them. And, you know, just touching back upon the, the Newcastle card, you know, I, I do see that as a kind of showcase for some of these fighters who had signed for Probellum and are now looking for some new promotional deals or new management deals. Someone like, as you mentioned, Lee McGregor, you know, British Commonwealth and European champion, and he's fighting on, you know, this, this bill, which isn't even on telly. I think that's criminal, you know, and not just because he's Scottish and I'm Scottish and we're both Hearts fans. You know, I, I just wish Lee McGregor would actually get his opportunity because I think he's a very, very dangerous fighter. And when you've seen how he performed when he won the European title, you know, first round knockout, you know, against the guy who, you know, gave gave all, all types of, of trouble, you know, to um, try to think who, oh, when, when he won the European title, um, Karam Gerfai, uh, he gave all sorts of trouble um, to the Dave Caldwell fighter, uh, Jordan Gill, you know, a very, very, very good fighter. You know, and, and he's just lost recently to Michael Conlon, so he's probably a little bit past it now. But when he fought McGregor and, and Jordan Gill, he was very, very good. So, you know, they, these guys deserve better. And I, I really do hope that the show in Newcastle serves as a promotional tool for them all and uh, the winners get signed on by a, a better promoter and, and push forward with their careers. 
yeah, it's a good way to, to sort of round up that particular card and, and obviously the fights that are happening this weekend. Just one fighter that I need to mention as well that is also fighting this weekend and it's happening in Germany and it's a former opponent who went to went on to beat Derek Chisora in 2017 and still is currently undefeated at 22-0 and with 14 KOs and that's Ajit Kaibayo who is 30 years old and is fighting for the vacant EBU European heavyweight title in Germany in Boxham this weekend. So there's another name I think that it's worth mentioning. He's not exactly a world beater, but let's be honest, even though he's 22 and now he's not fought anybody yet. Chisora is probably the biggest name on his record. He's got Kevin Johnson's name on his record, who we know is, is a journeyman now in the heavyweight division. But he hasn't really done anything since he fought Derek Chisora. Ultimately, he needs to be getting into a big fight at this point. But he is also fighting this weekend. And that is another name definitely to mention. If you are really interested in checking out some interesting fights or significant fights, then these are probably the ones to go to this weekend. A little bit quieter this weekend indeed but it'll certainly certainly pick up over the next couple of weeks but it's been good to sit and talk about some of these fights and give them a little bit more airtime than what we normally probably would because of other more significant fights so i hope you guys listening you know you've enjoyed us giving a bit of a synopsis of what's going on this coming weekend and our thoughts and feelings as regards to some of these fights and fighters involved and if you have as always we say to you let us know on social media at btr boxing pod on twitter and you can find us on instagram facebook youtube and tiktok if you've not subscribed to the podcast you can do so by checking us out at apple podcasts or google or spotify or any available podcasting app please just type in btr boxing podcast network you'll find this main feed with all our shows on but you can also check us out on all our other series-based content shows like The Darker Side of Boxing, Career Profiles and Legendary Nights. Currently, The Darker Side of Boxing is running in its third season and this week is episode number eight. Who is Roberto Medina? If you haven't heard who he is, well, you're certainly never going to forget him once you've heard about him. Please do go and check it out. Go and check out that third season if you haven't done so already. And that is it from us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Big Fight Preview. And we will be back next week. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.